Welcome to another episode of Optimistic Tales. I'm your host, Dr. Eric M. Moody. I know you're going to enjoy this episode. It's an optimistic tale of entrepreneurial spirit. But before we get started, I want to give a shout out to my nephews, Miles and Conan. They are entrepreneurs in the Hotlanta, Georgia area. They are co-owners of Kinship Butcher and Sundry and Academy Coffee. They're in the Virginia Highland neighborhood. They're located at 1019 Virginia Avenue. And I uh, just wanted to give them a shout out. I thought about them as I was uh, interviewing Miss Jones for this episode. And I also wanted to add that if any customer goes in there and mentions the podcast and that they, you know, heard this episode, that uh, to tell them that their uncle said that their father would buy them a sandwich of their choice and a surprise me cup of coffee. <laughs> you gotta love brothers. All right, listeners, this is Dr. Eric M. Moody. I'm here with Nichelle Jones uh, for another episode. And uh, Nichelle and I go way back, we're, uh, several years now. Uh, she was uh, actually a interview I did with my uh, original uh, research project, uh, uh, community anthologies and it was videos we actually recorded the video over in uh, the TV studio here in South Alabama yes I uh, and she uh, she is part of that that group she was actually out as I said before you were gonna be in season one uh, on some of my older ones that I released but yes. uh, they lost the video so I didn't have it to, to, to get the audio from it so I called you up. They said, absolutely. And uh, you said, I, you know, I'd be absolutely uh, excited about it. I'm excited about having you. Excited. And then our busy schedules, I'm just now getting you in here. Awesome. Uh, but uh, Michelle's from uh, Queens, New, New York, uh, and she's the author of Inventory Control Easy. And we'll talk about her book. But um, what fascinates me about Michelle is her story, which is truly an optimistic tale, of, and, and we've been talking prior to this, so I, if I if I laugh, I'm trying not to spoil stuff. Um, she, you know, a, a, a young girl in, in Queens, New York, that finds herself, I'm going to say, in Anniston, Alabama. Anniston, and, Alabama. Yeah, so right. so let's let's go back um, to uh, your life in Queens and 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 what that was like, who you lived with, and all that. Right. All right. Um, and thank you for that great introduction there <laughs> um but that inventory control book is my life right it's and it's i love me. the way you say that because in 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 again we 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 talked about this earlier but uh it's an autobiography for you even though it's a as we'll as the listeners will find out here shortly it uh it's a it's a, a business book to help people uh, mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of math and charts and things. It's to teach right. inventory it's control. It's a self-help. It's a self-help right. book to teach inventory control. But for you, it's an actually a, a mini autobiography. Exactly. Okay, and, and we'll explain that, but I love that description. Okay. Yes. And so, yes, grew up in New York, um, Flushing, New York, to be exact. Right. Um, Queens. And I was one of those little trouble kids. Right. Um, always into some type of trouble <laughs> say it is uh, so say uh, it is so not you <laughs> yes um in new york and I, I i think it started about 11 12 okay 
You lived with your and mother. And I lived right? with my mother, single parent. Um, we was living, you know, in the projects. Right. And she she worked hard, you right. know, and then you have to work 10, 12 hours a day, you know, raising a daughter. And I am the only child. Right. And so rules are go to school, you get out of school, you come straight home because New York is a city where a lot of youth can get lost yeah, and go astray. Fall through the cracks and all Fall that. through yeah. very easily. And so I was one of those children that just rebellious. I wasn't, right. you know, I go to school, but I'm not coming straight home. And right, right. so she just realized that I was going down the wrong path, um, which is easy to do, not coming in on time, right. hanging with the wrong crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, Sneaking out the window, and then yeah, things like that. <laughs> well, actually, what floor, what floor well, did you live on? well, actually, I was getting ready to say, actually, we was on the sixth floor, so <laughs> it, it wasn't jumping out too easy. It was probably trying to sneak down a fire escape, okay. you know, something like that, and jump down. Uh, but but actually, she she really knew by the company I was keeping, okay. and when she get off of work, and I'm still outside, but right. it was the crowd that I was with. That a parent can instantly tell that something is not right. So, so what? So, what age were you when this this revelation of hers came about? Uh, that she said, "Okay, something's got to be done." You know, right. I want to save my daughter. Right, okay. and that was um, right after the ninth grade. Okay. Um, she sent me to Anniston, Alabama, with my grandparents, okay, and so which grandparents is her mother and father. Okay, so so. How much of a shock was it to to go from New York to Anniston? Well, actually, they tricked me. Okay, they tricked me. <laughs> as you, as I, most parents know, <laughs> you usually have to with kids somehow that reverse psychology. Although, although I have to say, with some of my kids, I, I tried to reverse psychology. The problem was my kids are smarter than me, so it never worked. Well, they always reverse psychologyed me. <laughs> well, it, it worked with me. They tricked okay. me. They got me real good. You know, it's so. Every, have you been familiar with Anniston? Yes, I was. Okay. Um, every year from, it had seven years old. Okay. Seven years old. Every year, my mother would send me right. to Anniston for the summer. Okay. Anniston, Alabama for the summer. And just while school is out, and then I returned back right. to New York. And did they have a farm? Was it a big and property? I mean, where did they live? No, they lived in the city. They okay. lived in oh, the okay. city of Anniston, you know, Anniston, Alabama. Right. They lived in the heart of the city of Anniston. But not the same type of city that you and just left. No, obviously. not that type of right. city. Yeah. No, no. Uh, okay. They they had a little crowd, but okay. it, it wasn't, yeah. But I come every year to visit, right. and that year I didn't go back. Right. So they, they tricked me literally, you know, so, so, so I was that conversation. That's what I want to get to that conversation <laughs> where, okay. Cause, so you said your mother, she stayed in New York during those visits. Yes. She stayed in New York. Visiting with, and it was, this was her mother. So your grandparents, my grandparents, um, right. her mother and her father. And so you're, you, you know, when school starts and nobody's packing a bag. For little, right. Little you know, I, yeah. So what, right. So I, you know, I get here for the summer. That was my ninth grade year. Right. Um, when I finished ninth grade in New York, I went to IS-238. Okay. And um, that was the last year that I think she came up with um, something has to be done. Right. So I'm going to let her go there, you know, and So they didn't spoil your summer, high so they didn't tell you till the end. They didn't spoil your summer. No, they didn't spoil and my so summer. you thought up until that point you were going summer. back. Right. I thought I was going back. And... Um, <laughs> Had you made any friends down here? 
because I, I used to visit, I, I, you know, I've got family, uh, in a, you know, my, my mom and dad, as I've told listen before, they divorced when I was young, and so right. we had blended families. And so I've got some really close family in, in uh, Panhandle of Florida. Mm-hmm. So during the summers and some holidays, we would spend all summer, you know, over in Fort Walton Beach or Crestview and those places. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I, had fr- I actually had friends in Fort Walton Beach. So I'd come back over here. I still had friends in Fort Walton Beach. Not family, just friends that I'd met that summer. So, did you have a group of friends here? Not, not prior. In Aniston? No, not in Aniston. I, when I come for the summer, it was basically to be with my grandparents okay. or my cousins, which okay. is my mother, brothers, and sister children. Okay. And we had, a, yeah, my, my family, we, uh, our cousins were very close. Right. Uh, and That's so how we, we were. had a big group of cousins. Right. Well, so, so, when I would come every summer, my cousins would love it, you know. So they, they didn't know either. They would they no, didn't, nobody. They knew. didn't give you a clue like, no, hey, you can get, enjoy it down here. They didn't give me a clue at all. You know, you know I bet you, you need to it ask was, them now if any of them knew. <laughs> okay, well, now don't tell Nichelle. She's going to be staying with us for a while. <laughs> don't tell her. I know, and it's like um, in Aniston, in uh, the Alabama yeah. areas. I think that they start school in August. Right, that's right. And in New York. They start school the end of September. So every time I, you know, came to Aniston, I knew that my time to leave Alabama was the first week after they started school here. And when that first week, I was like, well, maybe they just, maybe she's just late sending my plane ticket, (laughs) you know? And, And then it went. Into September, and I'm like, oh, we usually go school shopping by now. Right, exactly. Right. I'm in New York going school shopping and everything. I'm still in Aniston, Alabama, <laughs> you know. So, And then finally, my grandmother said, hey, um, we're going to try you going to high school here right. in the 10th grade. And we just think it would be for the best. Right. It's like, oh, so I never had a ticket what, to what return. Was, what was your what This was your wasn't reaction? a round trip ticket this time. <laughs> did you even, you didn't notice that, did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they got you. Yeah. They didn't buy that round trip. They didn't buy that round trip. So what was, your, what was your, your first reaction? Hurt. You, okay. Hurt. That makes sense. I, under, I perfectly understand that. Yeah. But was there something inside you that thought, you know, I, this is probably good for me? Because you you knew what you were doing in New York. I, I right? knew you're right. I, I I knew I was going down. I mean, you weren't you weren't that bag. naive to even you know to, no. to know that there was if you what you were going back into. I, I right. I I knew it because it's every once in a while she would be like, if you don't straighten it up, mm-hmm. you're going to Alabama. Okay. And so I was thinking like, she's whatever. No, no, I'm not. She's. A, I'm the only child. She can't do without me, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm her friend. I'm a, you know, I'm a child. She's like, and then it happened. I said, oh, man. So when my grandparents said that, I said, I guess wow. she had enough. <laughs> she, was yeah, she was serious. Okay. <laughs> she was serious. Okay. So did you, did, did, so how did the first week or month or year, I mean, how, how And they did, enrolled me in uh-huh. school, which it, it took them a, a minute to do that. Right. But they finally got me enrolled it into Aniston High School. Right. And um, beautiful compared right. to New York City yeah. School. Um, but I, my cousins helped me maneuver around. Okay. So, you, um, so you had a social base. Right. Because it, it seems yeah. like my mother, uh, brothers, and sisters uh, had kids 
at the same right. time because all of us was the same age. It's like five of us. I bet the aunts and uncles knew. Right, right. Yeah, they probably, yeah, they probably knew. Yeah, I they bet probably your cousins knew. knew too. They just didn't tell you. I don't know. They you probably did. I, well, you know, you know, when we talk about that, they they don't ever mention it. So yeah, they probably did. <laughs> they know. probably all knew. Yeah, they probably yeah. did know. You know, but um, yeah. So they helped me get around the yeah, high school a lot. So it's like I they were my friends mm-hmm. in high school until I was able to, you know, meet friends on my own and things like that. And I was introduced to their friends right. who became my friends. So okay. yeah. So it it turned out to be okay, and then it turned out that I I really loved Aniston, but it took me about a year. Okay, well that's not actually it's not bad. It's so not. so let's move forward a little bit. What was your first your first job? Obviously in Aniston, right? Was it in high school or did you, it, wait, it was you in in high school? I did um, have to where you know you're on the program where you can get out of school early, right? In a, in a as a senior, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You get out of school early, and then you go and work part-time right. somewhere. So I was doing that at um, Fort McLennan Base. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, I was doing that and just kind of doing a little secretary work. Mm-hmm. They would show you how to file papers right. and things like that, you know. And then I went to Bynum, Aniston Army Depot. Okay. And I started working there, right. doing the same thing, filing paperwork right. and things. And so I got into a concept of working and things like that so yeah in high school I did do that and, um, so so this so you're you're developing a work at a work ethic, ethic. Eth- mm-hmm. I'm sorry yeah a work I was. ethic mm-hmm. that uh, I think and we've talked about this that that is probably from your your own personality and your own view of of, of the world you just hadn't developed it yet Right, because you know, I I know who you are now, mm-hmm. but that started somewhere, and and just from ha- having talked with you before, that that work ethic started developing really early on. In really your early, life. really early. That 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 work ethic. Why do you think was, that is? Actually, because you've said you've told me that you're a perfectionist. I I really am. Well, you're I a really perfectionist. Am. At, at you know in the middle school um, high school when did I you, was when did you, I became that in high school okay in high school was I it really a necessity or is it just and who you are is I I think by having a lot of different demands on grades because okay. I wanted to be uh, Aniston High School Annie Bell was just like a majorette right okay. And when they said the requirements is this, right. you know, you have to have A's right. and you might get one B, but you know, but you, it, they put you on another level right. to be able to make that squad. Right. And that's when I knew I can work hard okay. because I worked hard for that right? Okay. and accomplished it. And and so it's expect, setting an expectation. Set it, and you setting the expectation, okay. and I started putting that mentality in everything I did. Okay, everything I did. All right, so let's so let's now talk about so you, you graduated high school and your book Inventory Control Easy. Mm-hmm. Let's let's start about where you worked, to because this has to do obviously with inventory control, but and, and it's a very unique. Uh, branch of business, I guess, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. uh, or a niche that uh, 
you can actually excel in quite significantly, which you have. Mm-hmm. And but it starts somewhere. And in ha- myself, having worked in uh, the food service industry and music retail industry, I'm, I'm well aware of inventory control and, and, and what inventories are about in business. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so start me there with the with the job that actually got you on the path to the book. Okay. What was and that the, job? And the, and it the, wasn't the ones at the base. No. Okay. And the jobs that got me prepared for it. And and let me say this because I think this happens to a lot of young ladies. Um, that when I finished, right before I got ready to graduate, you know how you go to your guidance counselor mm-hmm. and everybody are putting in for colleges and oh, things yeah. like that. So I was accepted into York College. In New York. It's one of the biggest prestige. College in New York. Called York York. College. It's one of the it's one of the biggest prestige. Is there a new college in there? No, that That was a joke. That (laughs) yeah. But that college was fairly new in eighty seven. Okay. Eighty six, eighty seven. York College. York College. Oh yeah. It's it's where basically So why did you apply to that college? Because obviously if you got accepted to it, you were making a it Subconscious was, effort to get was, back? It was prestige college. It okay. was one of the top in the world. But was it subconscious that it was happened to be in New York? Because there's a lot of prestige It colleges. was because that... I mean, Alabama has them, right? Yes, but a lot of... Uh, they don't. They do have <laughs> okay. them. But it's a lot of... South Alabama, the, right? Right. Oh, but, there you go. But at the time, you had a, a lot of stars. Okay. You know, um, that was in the entertainment industry. Right. Uh, work field who's working behind the scenes mm-hmm. and things like that because remind you I was a dancer okay and then I had a gold of the Rockets oh no kidding oh and man Macy so, Day Macy Day my that's right. a family tradition we have every Thanksgiving right have to watch the Macy Day parade right and and I love the Rockets I love the Rockets so, wow so when I made that Annabelle squad it's about forty of us on that squad mm-hmm. that we was dance champions in high no school. Kidding. Yes, what in Alabama is called the Bulldogs, Amston Bulldogs. Oh, wow. We traveled and we even went to one of the um sugar bowl parades okay. and stuff with college right. um play, but we did a lot of that. Right. And so I did apply for that because York College would have gotten me that. No kidding. Rocket spot very quickly, and we've talked a lot over the years. And yeah. uh, I didn't know you wanted to be a rocket. Mm-hmm. Wanted wow. to be a rocket, and and York College would have got me there very quickly, and I was accepted. Right, and this is where, right before I got ready to come, because see, my mother had a sister too, so I didn't have. To, I was going to go back and live with my mother, right. or whatever. But I just became um, right after I finished high school, got ready to pack up to go to York College, was accepted and everything. Find out that I was pregnant, and so that slowed it down. Right. And I had to make a choice: either I stay here or go there, or whatever. And I was more I could do what I needed to do in Alabama. It wasn't too fast for right. me, or whatever. And I didn't apply for like any other colleges, right. but your college. Yeah. But now I'm pregnant, so I got to go on another. Life level. will throw you a plan B. It will. And so that got to have backup plans, right? So yeah. that's when I came out of school, and I started working that regular nine to five right. job in the restaurant field. Okay. 
And that's how then the book comes yeah. about. And so when I was working, I started off as a dishwasher, um, server, right, cashier, and hostess. Then, and then, and then, and then I, I can tell you exactly what happened. You start off as a dishwasher, as I did, and then somebody does. Somebody calls in sick. Right. Now, I'm doing air quotes now. Sick. <laughs> and your manager or one of the managers walks over. Oh, no, so-and-so called in. Uh, and uh, you come over here and do this. Right. And you, you just start moving up because usually it's somebody called in. You correct. You right. correct. Yeah, I know. You correct. Yeah. You know, and it's like every time someone calls in, they just try to put someone in that spot. Hey, would yeah. you like to work this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, and I was like, I don't know how to yeah. serve. Oh, right. we'll show you. And, and they, don't mention, they don't mention the increase in pay until later. Right. Right. After you start doing it for a while, then you start right. thinking, wait, should I be getting paid more money for this? Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> So that, so yeah, I was I was dishwasher and I was server and right. hostess and cook. Right. And then I just started going into going in early. They were asking, "Would you want to come in and help with inventory, or right. you want to come in and help with this?" And right. I would be like, "Yeah." And then I became a shift leader. And then we just um, went on from there. And then eventually, I knew how to run. Just about the entire story. Like anytime someone called in, I knew that I was able to get that extra money. You know, because hey, I know how book. to work eight positions in here. You know, <laughs> it's always the pocketbook. I, yeah, that I have drives priorities. <laughs> <laughs> and I used to tell them, "Hey, anybody called in, make sure you call me." Right, exactly. But um, so I knew how to work eight positions and things right. like that. So, so when did you get into management? I I got into management uh, because I had a manager right. who was kept asking me, right. "Say, hey, you have a good work ethic," and that's what I was just gonna do. Right. You know, just work buddies. You got a good work ethic. Come on in and try to learn about management and things. Right. And he actually taught me how to do everything that a manager does, you right. know, and he taught me about the paperwork mm -hmm. and, you know, inventory and right. making sure that the store is ran with good quality and control and right. bringing in profit for the stores right. and being the, one of the best stores in the district, you know? Right. And so it didn't take me long to learn that. I just had to learn the management part of it. So like the personnel and, side. Of yeah. It. The personnel, right. Yeah, that's, that was always, uh, you know, I started out as, uh, you know, the, the shift supervisor, mm -hmm. and then you, you know, you move up to assistant, uh, and then store manager, and you know, there's always those different levels. Right. But with each level, you know, you get more involved in certain aspects. So at the lower levels, you're you're involved in scheduling, mm -hmm. you know, working with the with the worker, the other worker, exactly, shift, making sure your shift's covered. Exactly. You don't really get into the uh, inventory control or some of the other issues until you reach that next level of right, management. Right, right. So then I became the assistant manager okay. with him, and he was showing me everything. And then all of a sudden, he had other priorities outside of his right. store. Right. And so he was not coming in like he should. He right. was just coming in probably about three times a week. Right. He would come into the store, and then he would just come in to see how we was doing and right. things like that. But he had me overseeing gotcha. everything. Right. And it had got to the, he had the best store right. in the district. So, so let me go out on a limb here and, and, and ask you, do you think any of your, uh, uh, your, your, let me see your, 
your focus on perfectionism helped you at all? And that could have been <laughs> because, yeah, right. Because uh, <laughs> that's true. Um, I never forget. He taught me how to really keep that store at number one. Right. And his name was Al Lim. Right. And uh, he, he had me to wear. When he was gone, right. nobody knew. Right. Because I was still operating the store at a number one level. So this is was this saying, you know, and this is the assistant manager. Right. I'm just his assistant. And there were other stores, and obviously, was, in the franchise. I guess. Oh yeah. Franchise owners. So, oh, yeah. so when you had your meeting, you know, everybody looked because you know when I worked there, we worked. You know, I, I'll say it was Godfather's Pizza, and uh, the person that owned the uh, franchise. There were other stores, mm-hmm. and so, uh, and also while I was in high school, I actually worked and uh, right out of college was for uh, Colonel Dixie, which I don't. I think there's maybe one store. Mm-hmm. in mobile still left but uh you know with the the franchise owns maybe the, let, let's just say they own 10 s- stores in the city and right. in the region word gets around on the good employees so instead of trying to find somebody to cover their shift they'll say hey can you go work at store 14 or can mm-hmm. you go work at store 37 right. and the manager so i i ended up even though you know i was hired at, at the store over on azalea you know, I would work other stores, mm-hmm. you know, Dolphin Island Parkway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that word gets around. So did you find yourself doing that, getting getting kind of known within the franchise? No, because as you look at it, it was a secret that <laughs> I was running that store. <laughs> okay. You remember? Okay, I missed that part. It okay, was I, well, a actually, secret because I forgot he that part. was the head manager. He gotcha. was okay. nobody is supposed to know he's missing. Right? Gotcha. Okay. He had other priorities oh, okay. outside that store, okay. so it was actual. I was running it, but corporate right. was thinking it was him. Okay, still running it because he was already doing it before he trained me. Okay. But now that he trained me to do it exactly like he does it, and he took off. Well, and so let's jump forward. That's we, where that happened to where someone told okay. that, hey, look. Because I was going to ask, so when did you go legit? Then I go, I went. <laughs> when I, did you finally start? Okay, I'm getting, I, I need to get paid for the work I'm actually doing. Corporate recognized it okay. after the complaints came in. Because you had okay. other, I mean, we're talking about a restaurant, not a fast food. So. Right, right. So you're talking about about five managers in one right store, one location right. one location, okay. and so those other managers they told okay, I was loving it because oh, yeah. I you know I was you know well you were the star yeah well, behind uh, the scenes yeah I mean, behind but the still, scenes right yeah. and right. Um, but it was just that this is they told so right. corporate come down and then they realized are you kidding me right now you right. was running this store the entire time it was like eight months right. And that's when they said, we want to give you your own store. Oh. And so that's when they... Are you still in Aniston? Now? That's when... I was still in okay. Aniston at okay. this point. That's when they said, we want to give you your own store. Uh, we're getting ready to build one in Montgomery. Wow. So they big, was, big yeah, time they now. was trying to get me away. <laughs> right, right. So, and, and that's how that happened. So that's how they realized that it was me. Right. And... Um, Unfortunately, you know, what was he, the time frame of that? He the, lost his that job. That took place in a year, six. How much experience are you gaining through this? Was it months, a year? Okay, I will say that um, it took him about five months to train me exactly okay. how he ran right. his store, right. and 
Then I went eight months by myself okay. in that same store. So it was about a year. Uh, year I'd I say about a year, year and a half, okay. roughly. Okay. Yeah, before. Then they sent you to Montgomery to get your own store. Right, and they sent me to Montgomery. How long did you have that store? I had that store for two years in Montgomery, okay. number one. Right. Um, and critiquing it very well. Right. And then that's when they said, we need you to go to Mobile, Oh no, Alabama. And I was like, you're moving up. Yeah, we need you to go to Mobile. Yeah. And um, I perfected how to be number one myself because then it got to where I was store manager, then district manager, then regional manager. So how many stores did you have while you were regional manager? Nine. Nine stores. Nine stores. Okay, so so how did you – Okay, so obviously the, the you know you're doing well on your own before mm-hmm. corporate even knew that it was you doing this. Mm-hmm. And then obviously when you got your own store in Montgomery, I'm sure they handed you a bunch of books and said, "Hey, this is the way you're supposed to do it." Uh, <laughs> but obviously you had something that you were doing. What right? What was unique about what you were doing versus the way the franchise wanted you to do it? Because obviously they. You know, I can't imagine they didn't really look at their books and go, okay, well, you know, Nichelle has been doing this on mm-hmm. her own without our corporate knowledge, mm-hmm. and she's doing quite well. Right. So and what, what did you have that, that That's they exactly have? why they kept sending me to different places, because if the store wasn't executing well, right, then they will bring me in. So I was kind of like a troubleshooter okay. at well, this point. Well, what did you have that they didn't have? Because obviously had, they, they were sending you there for the problem stores, but right. what was it that, that they didn't have that you did? They didn't have my manuscript. There you go. <laughs> they didn't have my manuscript. You were taking notes. I was taking you? notes the whole time. <laughs> taking notes on how to perfect and critique different things that will bring the did company you ever show them that manuscript? A lot of that, money. Your notes? Never. Until you did Never the book? until I did the book. Okay. It, it, I've been holding my tongue because I, I, yeah. I know this story, and... Uh, I didn't want the listeners to know that that's what happened, but but I think that's fascinating that that your that your book of notes mm-hmm. that you took because and you co- were on your own. I mean, and, yeah, baptism and by fire. Even at the even beginning. even corporate, it was like we don't know what she's doing, <laughs> but whatever it is, she's like the master at what? it. You know, and I became the training store for the whole entire company. You have wow. to understand this company is international and national. Right. So um, I became the training store right. for everyone. You every still have that, those original notes? So still have them. Still uh, have the original it? notes. It's about 400 pages. Wow. Yeah, 400 wow. pages. I used to always have a briefcase, and people were like, why is she a walking in? Yeah, they was like, why a, is she with always? A, with a, uh, handcuffs on right. it. So yeah, it had it. a lock on it. You know, I had the real deal. Yeah, were, I had the combination that. lock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Combination. I come in the office a combination lock. Yeah. Secret agent woman here. Right. I mean, it was in, and it it grew for twenty two years. Wow. That's why it became four hundred pages. I would. I would but your book is not that big. My book is not that. Okay. Big. So let's let's now jump up to uh, inventory control easy and and why. You decided to write this book, and, and for who you des- decided to write it for. Okay. Um, 
well, it was about seven years ago. Okay. My whole spine mm-hmm. collapsed, went out, and I couldn't do anything, couldn't go to right. work, couldn't do anything. Right. Um, but I was on leave, right. you know, and um, I was still running the stores from home. Um, you know, it's money. It's cor- it's corporate. You know, right, corporate's right. like, hey, we still need we still need you now. We still need you. Could do it from that home. Mighty dollar. Yeah, you could you could do it from home. We just so, need you so to you, run it. So you were remote before and remote was remote. Yeah, yeah, really, really, I was, and um, I was doing it from home. I was I was just running stores from right. home, and you have to remind you the training stores, and I'm just sending managers to different places right. from home. And it became a lot to where then my spine doctor was like, hey, wait a minute. I mean, I know you're at home, but you're obviously not resting because you're right. not healing. Right. And so I didn't have to tell them, hey, look, I, I'm not going to be able. Oh, no. We need we need something. <laughs> right. We need something. You need to prepare us. I mean, right. the stores were literally, literally going down right. after I took the doctor's advice. Right. And I said, I tell you what I do. I'm not going to be able to do this from home, but I'm going to give y'all something to follow. And that's when I took every piece of paper that I had as my manuscript out of my briefcase and put it all together. And I was like, I hate to give everybody. When you opened up that briefcase, this gold light came out. This gold light came up. (laughs) You know, it's like... Oh, you know, I I really do, but I I did it. I I didn't want to give out my secrets just yet. That right. was going to be a retirement secret, but to right. help, I went on ahead and said, "Hey." So, so did I you made have it any into help a book. Did you have no? Oh, you just did. I, I mean, I I did go to the publishing company, okay. Author House. Okay. Um, it's overseas. Okay. And um, I did go to them. Right. Um, and they we went over it, did it. And um, we got it down to ninety-eight pages. I know it's it's a very um, thin, thin, very book, thin yeah. book, very thin book, self-help thin right. book. And uh, when I did it, and I told the companies like, "Hey, y'all can get this book," right. and I guarantee you. So you sold the book to them? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sold the book That's pretty to them. Smart. It was. <laughs> And you copyright it? Did yeah. you copyright? It's, obviously, it's, oh, copyright yeah, it's obviously. copyright. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 go through a major, um, right. you know, author house is right. a major publishing company, book okay. company, and so it it is copyrighted. Okay, everything, and it it goes by um, ebook. Right, you can get it through. Um, it was another ebook. You, you can get, get the Amazon. Book, you can go to Amazon, Amazon yeah. Barnes and Noble. Yeah, Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble. Oh, yeah. uh huh. Mm-hmm. The um, so. Let me ju- let me jump forward. So you got this book, uh, and you, you now you've decided. You know this is, you know, all my experiences have come up to this book, and now I'm going to jump you into my how I found out about you was, uh, and, I, and I've had uh, Senator Roberts on the show before. Mm-hmm. Uh, he introduced us, but uh, he I believe correct me if I'm wrong. He learned about your story. Through the Strickland Youth Center here, he did okay, and and so that's that's where I get connected to you, mm-hmm. and in in what I from the day one thought of, I mean, but even before I even had an idea about a podcast, it was an optimistic story, which is why I brought you in 
to interview you as a community leader for right. my other for my uh, other project uh, because of, of what you were doing at the Strickland Youth Center with this information that you had. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so so let's let's now that we've got a foundation of how you got the book in, in this. Or, which I, I think from this point forward, I'm actually going to start calling it your autobiography <laughs> because I like that. Um, so, so talk about now is, is you sold it back. You're, you, it's in business. It's doing it? what it was supposed to do. Right. How did it get to what it is today? And helping others. Yes. Um, How did it get there? It, it got there through the 25 years of working with um, the company. Right that you would have sometimes teenagers that wanted summer jobs and right. you can hire them at 16 as long as you release them at a certain time right. of the night or something like that. And it became to where I was also dealing with um, community service, people on community service right. and having to do some things. Okay. So with that, and I was using that manuscript of the book at the time to help these people to where when they do community service, I don't want to see you anymore. Uh-huh. I want you to do this. So while they're working at my right. company doing community service, I was also helping teach them how to do inventory. So you were how to do skill development. Offering them skill development in the job field. And it went that way with troubled teens because most of the troubled teens will, their parents are the first to say, you're going to get a job to try to keep them out of trouble in the summertime and stuff. So to get them a summer job or something. But when the job ends. And when the job ends, but it's the same way. Exactly. It's the same way. So while they was there working in my stores, I was making a difference with them. And that's how I started seeing the difference it was making with in troubled teens, uh, people who come out of community service right. and don't go back. Whatever you did to have to do community service, right. let's make this your last community service. You so, know? Then, so that's how the Strickland thing came about. Okay. Is um, when I because you've made it a I course. You've made it a course. How did it? Where were you teaching the classes and, and, and talk about that? Because I know about it, but let's tell the listeners. You actually evolved this into not just an industry standard book for, for industry practice, but now you've turned it into a classroom to help, to help troubled youth, youth uh, right. learn a skill. And I would go into um, churches, okay. and I would, I would do it at a church. Right. Um, I also went to Strickland Youth Center, right. and um, I talked to – Patisse. Right, okay. And so he was talking to me to get it set up and everything like that. So I was going to different places. So I did turn it into like a teaching tool for young kids around about, say, about eighth, eighth, ninth, tenth grade on up. Okay, right. And to also pull people out of poverty because the same I age came you were when you the went to the farm, right? Exactly. <laughs> and that's why I turned it into that because okay. I was one of those children one time. Right. You know, and look how far I came to where I was making six figures. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the optimistic tale here yeah. is that you're giving back not only to the community, mm-hmm. but I, I, you know, at, at a 
personal satisfaction for right. you, I'd imagine. And I turned it into a class by um, I was going to these places where youth, strictly mm-hmm. youth centers. Right. Um, I was going to the churches right. and talking to parents um, right. on kids who are having a little trouble with behavior and right. things like that. And you wouldn't imagine how much the this book not only enhance their ability to be successful Mm -hmm. it also does something to the behavior yeah it also does something to the behavior to where the behavior becomes a professional behavior right instead of a street behavior right that part i cannot answer it's like a a mindset that switches when they get into that book. And I think it's um, pride that they know something now. Uh, Somebody's helping them with something they can use. Right. And they have something that will help them in college. They have something that will help them for a lifetime. You know, budget and finance, inventory, you know, accounting. It teaches all that. It's a marketable skill. It is. Now, this is the point that I tell my listeners, and and, and this is why I enjoy doing this podcast. Uh, You don't know what I'm about to say. You're giving me that look like, what is he about to say here? (laughs) Um, And I'm going to say, because I've I've said it a a couple of times, Mm -hmm. because uh, my listeners can't see you, and I'm looking right across from you. The gleam in your eye when you were talking about that just then. I've seen uh, that in other then that's when I that's when I, I feel like I've gotten to the passion of what the guest is talking about. And you see that passion of whatever their topic is. Mm-hmm. That's your passion right there. That is. Because I saw it in your eye. You your 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 uh, expression changed and everything right. when you were talking about that. Now let me ask you, do you have any uh students or, or kids that come back to you? Or do you see or do you once they leave and they do the class you hope they did well. Do you know? Oh, I have so many people that come back to me and just thank you and so many gifts and flowers and appreciation. And yes, I'm amazed. Some people, they open their own business after a while. No kidding. Um, Yes, it's it's awesome. Um, Friends that's on um, Spring Hill Avenue have a very nice restaurant there was started. Through the book and uh, no under kidding. me, they used to work for me. And what do you mind telling me that restaurant? And, we'll give uh, them a plug. <laughs> Can you? It's it's called um, Mama's 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 Place. Mama's Place. Just Google I it, right? It. But I could tell you what it's right across from Spring Hill, where the pawn shop and grills. Okay. And right on the right hand side, um, it's called it's 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 Mama's Place. Okay. It's Mama's Place, and it's it's right there. A block before you get to Hart's Chicken. Okay. Yeah. And it's a family, black family. I don't know. I know where Hart's Chicken is. Yeah. yeah it's right there. Black family. Right. They they doing very well. Been there about six years now. Wow. That's six years now. Yeah. A success story. A success story. I mean, just makes you feel good, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah and it's a lot of food trucks downtown. Right. Mobile that... Um, Started their food truck from the book, you know, learning and things like that. And it's a lot of teenagers. I say about a thousand teenagers in 
two years that has improved themselves tremendously. A little College. girl from Queens, New York. <laughs> Look what you're doing. Yeah. That's just that's and an optimistic tale. I'm just all just. Yeah. That's, and um, it's, it's we have those men, type of stories that are going to save the world right there. Men and women come out of incarceration. Mm-hmm. I think it's been 230. Wow. That make sure that they did not return, change their lives around. Some are truck drivers, mm-hmm. some own their, they started as truck drivers and now they are owning their own, they have their own rig, right. everything, and they just do all the delivering everything mm-hmm. as an independent contractor. No kidding. And so I have a lot of people that... So they're even expanding on. They even expanding on. <laughs> they might actually be taking notes and making their own manuscript. Right. <laughs> and, and, yeah, it could be. But they, uh, it's just amazing that you see so many people, hey, I'm doing this, and I have, you know, have truck drivers that'll write me, and, hey, I'm doing, man, I'm doing so well. You know, the book. Right. It's a self-help book. So how, do, how does somebody and get to the book? Do. I mean, obviously, we talked about, and you can go, you can Google Amazon and buy it. But what about right. the classes? How how does a if a if a, if someone's listening now that has has a troubled either child or uh, a cousin or a nephew niece or so they know somebody right? How or do someone they get to getting you? out of incarceration and trying right. to, um, you know, it's hard to look get a job mm-hmm. and things like that. And these fields here in this book, you can just you could do it. Oh, absolutely. You can, do it. you can do it. So anybody that wants to know and how to contact or how to get the book, you can get the book mm-hmm. by ordering it right. from Amazon, okay. Barnes and Nobles and things like that. Right. But you also can go online and I have a Cafe of Knowledge YouTube channel. Yeah, called Cafe. <laughs> like that transition. Yeah, how we did that. Cafe of Knowledge <laughs> because YouTube that's what channel. You, that's what you've that's what you've been doing right. since the last time we talked. Right. You know, right. you've got the uh, the YouTube channel, Cafe of Knowledge. Right. Uh, it's a great little channel, and you've actually gone online and taken the. I mean, there's other things on the. I, I absolutely encourage people, uh, the listeners, to go to Cafe of uh, Knowledge, subscribe to it, because uh, you've got other things. But the main part of it is. The classes in the book. The classes okay. in the book. So talk about that. And and that's what it is. It's you can go to the channel mm-hmm. and when you hit the playlist, it divides. It has yes. I'm talking about community relations, right. things that goes on everyday life. Right. And then I have the other section which is called tutor. Okay. And you click on that and it gives you chapter one to chapter twenty. And it goes step by step and it's me. And we sit down and we have class. Have any questions, then you email me, which my email for that is cafe of knowledge right. at eight eight at gmail.com. Okay. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. Cafe of knowledge eight eight at gmail.com. Okay. And we have a one on one class if you like. Um, it's awesome. You get to talk to me one-on-one. Right. In the videos, a lot of people, when they get the book, if they that's why it's called inventory control easy right. because it's in an easy form. But it's still some people that say, hey, how about this? Right. I don't know that. And they email me, and then we start doing it online and talking to each other. Sometimes we FaceTime right. and get it together and get it right until they get it. But once they do it, I get them certificates and everything. No kidding. And I be a reference, you know to a job they're looking for. We get resumes together. We do all that. 
We do all that. Wonderful. God, I love, I love this story. It's just <laughs> awesome. I yeah. mean, that, that, that you've, you've managed to, to, to take something that for you was not easy to do. You had to go through and you had to work all those hours for a manager that didn't come in mm-hmm. to take the time to even start writing the book and, you know, and, and decide that, you know, this is too good. I mean, there's, there's a saying right. that, you know, it's, it's amazing what, what you can accomplish if you don't care who gets credit for it. Exactly. And, and you know, it went from me having one dream, right. which was the dancer and being right. a rocket, into another career and a dream that it couldn't have been any better. Couldn't have been any better because, remind you, one day I would have gotten too old to dance. Right. But in well, this career, you're not too old to dance now, though. But in this saying, career, right? no, no, I'm not. I'm not too old to dance at <laughs> there all. You go. Uh, but you know, in this career, you can you can continue to as long until right. you're ready to right. stop. Right. You know, and that that was it. Could, it was a better blessing. It couldn't have been a better blessing. Wow. Really wonderful. I, I am really. so glad we finally got mm-hmm. back together to do this. Uh, Michelle, any uh, last advice that you can give either either the listeners or people that uh, you think uh, would benefit from the book or just give us your, yes. your philosophy? I really do think that um, if you have uh, a troubled teen or if you think that your child is going down the wrong road or anything like that. Or, or you or yourself. You, right. Or something. you yourself. Right, exactly. If you yourself need something, if you want to come out of poverty, because th- that, that was another thing in there that I want to make sure that um, I say is that during this process of me going into management and doing all this, you have to understand that I also, when I had my first child, mm-hmm that now I'm having to live in the projects and government assistance, right? right? And so as I was being trained for management, Mm -hmm. then it was this thing that if I pursue management, I'm going to get cut off for government assistance. Ah. And it's a lot of women and men battling about Uh, it's like you have to make a tough decision. Uh, if I take this, they're going to drop me from this, yeah, you know? It, we've talked about and this And it's the will. Yeah. It's the willpower that it can be done. I mean, once you let it go, you got confidence. And yeah. that's why I'm always there to hold everybody until I know that they're ready to go on their own. And that's the thing about this book is that when they interact with me, either online Mm -hmm. and things like that, I make sure they can do it and they do it. You know, and you got to let go of that rope before you go forward. And that's exactly what I did. So like I said, if they, if you see that you might have a troubled teen or you suspecting that something's like that, this is a good tool to just, get them in the career mindset and it changes the mindset and it makes them feel good about themselves right. that, Hey, if I want to go get a job, I'm just not at that age where I can get the job and do right. that. If I want to do it, I can do it. They have that confidence. And right. I think that's what's changing their mindset. Mm-hmm. And these kids are not going back into any type of trouble. Repeat offenders are right. not repeating themselves. 
they're that, staying that's a out story here. In and of itself. That's right. a blessing they're, right there. They're staying right out and they're contributing to the right. to our economy. Right, right. You know, and being successful yeah. while doing it. And so they're proud of themselves. So anybody to come out of poverty, that's mm-hmm. what it's for. Right. To help control and bring people out of poverty. Right. And for troubled teens and anybody who's incarcerated and mm-hmm. come out and just don't know the next step to do, inventory control easy Go is right Cafe there for knowledge. you. Cafe of Knowledge. You and that is free because right. it's some people that have said, I can't afford the book. Right. And, you know, when the pandemic happened, a lot of people couldn't afford things right. that they, and that's when I said, okay, I'll sit down and we'll do it on YouTube. Right. And that's exactly what I did. So you go there. Um, it doesn't cost you anything, no, just your time. You can get the book done in four, four hours, four days. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then you can four you hours, do four great days, in your and life. you can go ahead and wow. that you can't do it any quicker. That's good. Yeah. Well, Michelle, again, thank you. I uh, ask that uh, listeners go to Cafe of Knowledge uh, on YouTube, uh, subscribe to her page. Uh, thank you. And uh, and share it. I, I I suppose you could you know share it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can share it as if they see fit. Oh, also, yeah. also yeah. you know, ask my listeners to hit the follow button because. Uh, <laughs> uh, like like Michelle, I hope to have other guests that are doing uh, great and wonderful things to make this world a more humbled and empathetic world. And um, I want to tell you, thank yeah. you so much for giving me this time and opportunity. You know, You're to welcome. talk. Thank you My so pleasure. much. My pleasure. Awesome, great friend. Great, great friend, friend, absolutely. Yeah.